0: And we are back, Wednesdays from 10 until noon every single week. This is Warp and Woof Radio. Uh, we come to you on Wednesday mornings, glad to do that, and we have a brand new day starting today. Uh, actually, uh, just for those of you who are following us here in Indy, but also for those of you who might be listening to us in very far-flung places like my mom out in Denver, uh, we actually have a little bit of weather here this morning. And so this is the very first time in two-plus years that uh, HB has not been with me, sitting right next to me uh, here in the studio. He couldn't get to the uh, place, but he's doing this by remote. Glad for that. Super happy about that. Uh, but that means uh, that we are here, Clyde and I, uh, Dr. Clyde Posley, yes, sir. is joining us now this week and forevermore, I hope, absolutely. as co-hosts <laughs> of this show. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Uh,
0: we're glad to have you, Dr. Posley. Thanks so much. Uh, give everybody just kind of an introduction to... Uh, uh, what you're all about, who you are, where you come from—you know—just give us kind of a, a big bouquet of uh,
2: of your background. I don't know about a big bouquet. I'm glad to be here, though. <laughs> I'm excited about what the Holy Spirit is is uh, trying to do in our city. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of, um, of, of of this broadcast. This this is a meaningful, uh, poignant broadcast designed to uh, deal with uh, the enemy to the unity God intends to bring. Uh, into the world through the body of Christ. But I'm, I'm from here. I've been a pastor here uh, for 18 and a half years, uh, proud pastor of the Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, located 704 East 32nd Street in the heart of Indianapolis, off of uh, 32nd and College or uh, 32nd and Fall Creek, however, whichever d- d- direction you choose to come. And uh, I um, went, went uh, born and raised here for the most part. Uh, got education here. Uh, did my doctoral work at uh, Union Institute and University in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, just act, active in uh, uh, trying to trying to soul win. I've always believed that the body of Christ is not is not one color.
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: does not look uh, like many of our congregations uh, look in terms of complexion on Sunday morning. Mm. And uh, while there's no flesh in heaven, heaven will not be comprised of one ethnicity. Mm. Uh, if it is, it'll be a spiritual ethnicity, mm-hmm. ethnicity which is those who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And so, this idea uh, that you have that that the Clementis um, uh, Foundation has set up uh, to bridge the gap, uh, whether uh, whatever's holding that gap, whether it be racism or ignorance. Or lack of tolerance, mm. uh, your efforts are tremendous, uh, Doctor Eccles, mm. and 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 the fact that you would um, uh, uh, hear God and invite me on to be co-host is just an <laughs> humbling experience. I appreciate you. We, as you recall, you and I met on a cam, uh, council dealing with the. the Disparating numbers in uh, cancer research and, mm. and just sickness among uh, minority groups. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if we can say this, and, and, and we can say this and still be Christians, it was love at first sight. Yeah, that's uh, right. We met each other, got together, and uh, been inseparable ever since. I'm glad to be here, man. Oh, that's been fantastic. Honestly, uh,
0: you are absolutely right about the love at first sight bit. Uh, you know, we talk about these things in generalities, but from a Christian vantage point, you know, uh, being uh, Christian brothers, there's some, there's this symbiosis that takes place between us. I mean, absolutely. you know, you and I sitting across from each other right now looking eye to eye. There's something that, that is there that is not
2: there in every single relationship. Un- unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately, and and I and I think uh, and I agree I, completely, and I felt that from the beginning. A, a whole lot of is uh, of the, it is, I believe, that we came uh, open hearted.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't it wasn't a black guy and a white guy bringing <laughs> you know trying to stand for so much for. The strength of their race, as much as it is for the kingdom of God. There it is. You know, I am more Christian than I am black. That's right, and that's just the way that is. And and I know that that's going to be eye-raising to some people, but but um, Judgment Day, the Judgment Seat of Christ, is not going to be about my race. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: In heaven, I am no race, Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 uh, Christ did not come here uh, seeking. Only to save those of the Hebrew nation. Right. But he came to save souls. That's it. And souls have no color.
0: You know, it also strikes me as we we're chatting about this that um, one of the other things that just kind of was connecting for us mm-hmm. was our uh, true uh, belief that the Word of God is our final authority. Absolutely. And that we have a biblical theological responsibility to whatever. Discussion we bring to the fore.
2: Absolutely.
3: And
0: so that kind of connectivity is yeah. really powerful and important.
2: Well, and 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 unfortunately rare, Mark. Mm. Unfortunately rare. Mm. That there, there there are a great multiplicity of influences mm. that that, um, that 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 do influence. Let's just say much of preaching today. Mm-hmm. And 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 rarely has it become. Is it just the Bible? Mm-hmm. There yes. are very few people who just look. I believe this because the Bible says it, not because (laughs) it pushes numbers, not because the analytics say I have to go with, no. And uh, I think the further we get as a culture, as an American society, from the scripture, Mm -hmm. the more peril we find ourselves in.
0: One of the things I find on a regular basis is a a real struggle, I think, uh, for us, for you and I, as committed as we are to a biblical theological view of life and things, is that we find many in our circles, doesn't matter what... But we're talking about ethnic, denominational. It uh, doesn't matter. Uh, we have we find many in our own circles who are more interested in sociology than they are theology, and they lead with their, their sociology and then base their theology on that instead right. of the reverse, which is necessary.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. There, there is this. There is this. There is this, this, this trend today. Hmm. Uh, it is it, it is socially trending to to try to find answers from investigating
3: people. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, and there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, sure. I'm certainly into psychoanal- analogies, psychoanalytics, mm-hmm. and psychoanalytics, and you look at the mass narratives you, you know, in, in, in your work. So mm-hmm. there's a place for that. But man cannot look at man to know man. Right. Because man did not come from man. Yes. Man came from God. Mm-hmm. And a product has to get most of its information from its producer. Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. to. You know, it's uh,
0: interesting. I don't, don't know if I've mentioned this to you or not, but uh, just recently I started a, class, a new class at IUPUI and and uh, the MA program there at English Literature right. Right. So again.
2: Them, I, don't 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 have them think you just started that. <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an additional Dr. Mark Eccles. Uh, <laughs> well,
0: that's true. Yes, my. <laughs> <laughs> we both hold PhDs, and uh, we've earned them. Thank you very much. Uh, but we, uh, one of this, the classes that I'm taking right now is entitled Civil War Literature and Culture. Mm-hmm. And so at the moment, uh, I'm reading this book by Harriet Jacobs, mm-hmm. Incident, Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. Right. And I bring this up uh, not only because I'm going to be writing on this <laughs> next week. I actually started the process. But what fascinates me in the discussions that I'm having in the class and the kinds of reading that I'm doing in and around this particular work uh, have to do with uh, her commitment and the lives of so many of these uh, folk who uh, were writing these slave narratives Mm -hmm. who were believers and that even in the midst of the travail and the awfulness of their settings and situations, mm-hmm. they bring forward the gospel. I, mean, I was just reading again last night and then again this morning in her narrative uh, about her commitment to Jesus mm-hmm. and about how that drove her response to the things that she was dealing with all around her. made me think immediately of what it says in the book of First Peter, that our responsibility uh, in First Peter 2, for instance, that we are aliens in this world mm-hmm. and that our response is always to be in, um, in deference to the culture around us so that uh, we might win those who are outside. That's so right. we treat people with love and generosity and respect That's as right. much as we may disagree with right. whatever the case might be. I think that's really a powerful um, idea there, and certainly one that, that you and I share together.
2: You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that uh, uh, something. One part of what you said has really uh, caught my attention: uh, uh, that winning those who are with, who are without outside mm-hmm. who see us. Yes. You know, at, at the core today, and I was kind of meditating this morning about the show, and you know, what topics, you know, what things we might. Do. I thought about this. This notion came to my mind that, you know, Mark, winning souls seems to almost be antiquated mm-hmm. in, in many circles yes. among people. It's like it's in the body of Christ, and not not fully, but too often in the body of Christ that we draw people, drawing people mm. is is secondary. Yes, Christ said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, mm. you shall be my witness. Mm-hmm and and it's it seems that there's not enough that's done uh it, it it's a fading fancy hmm. uh, to to set up uh ministries in many circles and, and uh, to set up you know just relationships even friendships right. even to approach the problems the big conversations the the hard conversations mm-hmm. with the idea that whatever we whatever we do let's make sure yes that we keep in mind it's our job yeah. to draw people to Christ right and nowhere do those have people have to be just like us. Mm-hmm. If you have difficulty drawing the one people who look just like you, Christ said well, he had that problem. He had problem drawing people who mm-hmm. look like him. So mm-hmm. he, having come unto his own and his own, his own received him not, he went. He didn't give up on the notion that he needed to draw and win mm-hmm. people. And I think today you know, we, we've got an idea uh, generally in society about winning. Mm-hmm. But I think what we want to win yes. is not what God is telling us should be the prize,
0: right? Yeah, and within the culture... We know how to make
2: money. We know how to...
0: Oh, yeah. You know, but... And within the culture, you know, your mission field, my mission field may be different depending on where we're at. And that doesn't really matter. Our focal point is the gospel. I was just talking with my wife, Robin, about this. I, I said, you know, baby, this... I'm reading these books, and people could get saved from reading these these slave narratives. Absolutely. I'm not kidding you, man. It's just an amazing uh, testimony. And you find folks in such such situations as they did uh, that were still praising Jesus and giving uh, giving honor to Him.
2: Absolutely, there is there is no way, uh, and there there's no way to exclude the hand of God in 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 obliterating slavery in the strides to to destroy slavery. And, and, and let me just parenthetically say, we know that that slavery still exists
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: in the world, Libya, mm-hmm. places like that. Uh, to, arguably, that uh, in different types of industries in, in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know, Mar, I, the providential hand of God. Martin Luther King said, "The, arc, the moral arc of of the universe bends toward justice."
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: uh, you know. The hand of God has it is in favor of um, uh, uh, showing itself in the lives where, where justice is the pursuit, whether it be destroying slavery, uh, turning down racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is the is, His mind is on the oppressed all the time. Mm-hmm. The Sermon on the Mount. God, Christ opens up. talking about this. I am come. To deal with the poor, meaning the oppressed, those the disenfranchised. Yes. And and uh, and if you look at the first miracle, I talked about this last time mm-hmm. we were together. The first miracle of the church, following the empowering of the Holy Spirit, was about dealing with a poor man, a disenfranchised mm-hmm. man, a disabled man, mm-hmm. a man who otherwise did not have uh, the opportunities to do this. So God is always the hand of God, whether it be in, in, in uh, 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 the slave narratives of which you speak. Uh, whether it be in just the the, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation uh, and, and and or just just freedom strides around the world, whatever whatever people try to call it, yeah. Allah, whatever they want to call him, the hand of God mm. is always working toward or can be seen in
3: mm-hmm.
2: people oppressed people yes. being healed and people of different cultures coming together. Mm. to bring it to pass.
0: Isn't that the truth? The gospel of Jesus changes people's lives from the inside out, not the outside in. This is essential uh, ideas here that we're communicating this morning. We need to take a break. Uh, We're going to be listening to a bit of a jazz interlude, as I like to tell my brother H.B., and we're going to be doing that, and then we'll be coming back and resuming this conversation about the importance of seeing the gospel within uh, our culture and the importance of that, and then talking a little bit more about uh, the connections to education, perhaps, as we have our guests coming in in the second hour. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next on the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next at the Cool Groove site. We are thankful to be here today. Got a little bit of weather out there in Indianapolis causing some slipping and sliding. Whole bunch of schools all around us closed up, but we are here because what we have to say uh, concerning God and His Word is uh, pretty important to us. We wanted to come back into this second segment uh, talking a little bit more about unity. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley and myself have been talking a little bit about uh, our own commitment to not only to each other but to the Scriptures. And of course, then to the uh, pervasive gospel throughout God's world. And we wanted to begin uh, this next segment uh, coming back into the scriptures. Uh, I actually wanted to read this segment from Proverbs chapter 30 for everybody, make a couple comments, and we'll launch into uh, a discussion on the issue of unity. So this is from Proverbs 30, verses 24 and following. This is the English Standard Version. Four things on earth are small, but they're exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they provide their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a people not mighty, yet they make their home in the cliffs. The locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. And the lizard, you can take in your hands, yet it's everywhere in the king's palaces. Now, this is an interesting passage which emphasizes the difficulty or really the weakness Mm, of individuals by themselves, but together a great strength.
2: Exactly. Exactly. That is that is that that's the cornerstone in my mind of, of that packet of that those verses of that passage. Mm-hmm. It takes away the excuse that that uh, we can't that, that I can't.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: OK. Yep. Well, we, we know that alone you cannot. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the point is you were never designed to do it alone. There it is. You know, if, if, you know, unity is a part of every successful grand endeavor. Throughout Scripture, mm. and and it's depicted here, uh, if you, even in the Book of Genesis. Um, I don't want to get, do not want to get away from this passage, or just to make reference, uh, even in the Book of Genesis, chapter one, God said when He got ready to make man, He said, "Let us, yeah, make man." Yep, is God not capable? The God who the same God who has spoken this great universe mm. and vast seas, mm. uh, but He gets to man. Let us make man. No, God intends. For diverse, for for unity to come together, and in our case, in the case of fallen man, yes, and and fallen cultures, he intends for us. And Mark, we can do this mm-hmm. if 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 we decide to put our uh, our agendas aside, yes, and put the agenda of God, mm. which is the redemption of man, yes, at the forefront of what we are doing, we can do this. Absolutely, we could. Uh, Christians can work with Muslims.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Muslims can work with uh... uh, 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 uh Christians. There are now, now we we know as Christians we want to see soul win happen. We mm-hmm. want to see the church. We want to see the body of Christ. We're going to use the Bible
3: mm-hmm.
2: in our approach. But I learned something, uh... Mark, when I was working on my doctoral degree, and, and I'm a Christian through and through. Um, the needs of people. while the people? There are a lot of people, Mark, who, who don't believe the Bible, mm-hmm. and oftentimes we don't want to work with those people to bring about the issue, the healing to the issues. Mm-hmm. I learned that's a mistake, mm. and the reason I say that is um, there was I had a, a, a professor who was an atheist. Um, he knew that my approach was scriptural. Mm-hmm. He told me, Clyde, as uh, uh, what, what you call soul winning, I call getting people centered. Mm. I said. Call it what you want. I'm going to call it so. When he said we could work together,
3: mm.
2: because you're believing that the person's getting saved, I believe the person's getting centered. Whatever the case, you believe mm. they're going to heaven. I believe they're getting right. Mm. I said whatever the case, I would not want to exclude working with you, just because you don't believe in Christianity. There, there are there are some people, Mark, uh, in the body of Christ, who who feel that um, there's no good to any people. To, to work in society, bring about reconciliation and bring about uh, healing to divides, unless they only believe like us.
0: And and you're speaking about the broad the, culture. Yeah, at, absolutely. At, yes. Absolutely. So you, yeah. you, your Muslim friend, your atheist friend, wouldn't necessarily be able to be elders at your church, no, for, no, for instance. I mean, yeah. no,
2: nor, nor would I be elders at <laughs> there, Yeah, that's no, it. Nor, yeah. nor would they welcome me to be elders at theirs. Yeah. But uh, you take the crime problem in, in, uh, in, in Indianapolis right now. There you now. go. Yep. Um, we 're gonna have to work with people who don't look like us that's right and possibly people who don't believe like us mm-hmm. I'm gonna practice Christian principles right and that's the way that is I don't I don't believe in any other principles mm-hmm. to, in terms of success but also I call my there are people mark who call what we call Christian principles something else oh sure they call them what they want yeah as long
3: as you
2: know <laughs> you know and so um, do we do we leave our, the fractures mm-hmm because people don't like us or we don't agree with someone right do we continue these funerals mm-hmm. do we continue these 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 uh, uh, leaving these hurting families mm-hmm. and shattered families mm-hmm. no I'm gonna use Christianity to go about and try to bring about a character that brings equality and healing and justice right. but I need to
0: include everybody everybody yep everybody yeah the cultural uh... Circles. So if we think about this in terms of concentric circles, that for those listening, that's a one circle inside of another circle. Yeah. At the core, we are believers in Jesus, the authority, the Absolutely. final authority for us is Scripture. Now, once we get outside of that core and what we're preaching on on Sunday mornings, that's a whole different ballgame than working with the culture outside of that, that circle. Yeah. But it's that circle that generates the Holy Spirit power that moves and motivates Absolutely. us into the actions that Absolutely. we do.
2: Absolutely, and, and 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 for me, for me, in, in a perfect in a perfect world, in a right world, the script everyone is following the scripture, mm-hmm. and we are applying principles that we specifically can point out here that Christ, that the that, that the people of Scripture have used. Right. But um, you know, uh, one of the problems we'll probably get into the next segment. Pro, one of the problems. Yeah, all these, there's so many interpretations, people, you know, people bringing in their opinions and, and, and bringing and interpreting scripture based on their ethnicity, Mm. you know,
3: Mm. uh,
2: you know, a black Bible uh, or or the, or or only the white perspective, or, you know, what does the Bible say? (laughs) What does the Bible say? (laughs) There it is. What what does, you know, like, like you just talked about it in Proverbs, that's, that's, the principle here is weak people, weak, weak groups. Have learned how to have success mm-hmm. from working together together
0: how about that but yeah. that's not
2: an ethnicity no you know and and so we we we've got to do better and if we're really gonna and here's the key which is why you know we want to do this in this particular segment what is the wisdom mm. we We live in an age today where there is a proliferation of knowledge which is unprecedented that's right. How wise are we?
0: There's the big dividing line. So when we talk about the issue of wisdom, uh, we have to think about a transcendent source, at least uh, the transcendent being outside or separate from ourselves. This week uh, I wrote on behalf of uh, the voiceless, the 60 million children who have died in abortive Mm. uh, processes over the last, uh, all of these years since 1972, uh, Roe v. Wade. And, And one of the things I was reading this week was an Atlantic article that said the title of it was Pro-Science, Pro-Life. And so, so much of science now is obviously being shown to be a pro-life science because once we see this child in the, in the uterus, we're saying, oh my word, how can we not see that this is a living, breathing human being? And my comment uh, in this particular essay was, I'm glad that science can affirm right. what we already know <laughs> and I have already, confirmed right. since, from Scripture. Right. Uh, but I don't need science to confirm anything, I'm glad it affirms it, but I don't need it to conf- to confirm it. Right. That's the, the big difference uh, that we're talking about here, that we have, we are approaching the culture as a whole, be- and we're unified in these principles as long as everybody says, yeah, this is outside of us, we realize that. Right.
2: Right. that, that that's right. You know, we, we, I, it, 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 it's frightening to some degree that God needs to witness himself. Mm. In a a world where he has clearly manifested his glory. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you said, we we should not need science to prove that God, the fact that God created life is indicative of the fact he doesn't want it to die.
0: Right, yeah.
2: I mean, that's not, I mean, people have the will, people choose to do what they want, you know, we, you know, there's this debate, as you know, pro-choice or pro-life, the will is always, you choose to do what you want. Mm -hmm. But again, getting back to the center of what is wise, what Mm -hmm. does God want? Why why, why do you think that um, uh, God's opinion is so um, brushed aside in many many instances relative to the the working of the dealings of well, why is God having such a hard time? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think the, uh, the emphasis has always been the same. Um, you know, I've got this sign that sits up in my study that says, ever since Genesis 3, dot, dot, dot. Ever since Genesis 3, we have wanted to be God. And so because of that initial rebellion, because of our desire to do that, to, to choose against the one who has made us, this has put us in a place of preeminence, so we think at least. Uh, that we can somehow now uh, generate all decisions and all will comes through us. But what we discover over and over and over again is that we are puny, right. minute uh, creatures that cannot function properly, that we have a beginning and an end. And what we don't like to admit is that those things are true, right. that one out of one people die. And it doesn't matter what color your skin is, That's where right. you live, how much That's money right. you have. That's there right. is no, <laughs> as as the great... Uh, the great pop rock artist once said, "You don't see any hearses with no luggage right, racks." <laughs> right. right. That's, that's right. So there it is. You know, I we, think we
2: we it's 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 sad. Um, you know you know getting back to you know you you brought up the book of Proverbs, which is uh, you know kind of foundational to our discussion today. Uh, wisdom. Yes. And and you know there there are some other passages that passages that talk about. Um, that in and in, in the context of our overall uh, thrust of our show, which is bringing the churches together, bringing the people of God together, bringing bringing uh, the the Bible to bear as the sole foundational source of success to bring it to dealing with diversity. And uh, in Proverbs chapter uh, six, verses sixteen through
3: nineteen,
2: mm. it talks about those six things that, that the Lord hated. The yea, seven are abomination to God. And if you look at them. All of them deal with how unwise it is. Mm. How God hates when we deal with one another unwisely. Mm. Talks about uh, uh, a lying tongue. That's a mistreatment of a of a a brother Mm. Uh, or or sister. That's uh, 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 hands that devise wicked plans. Mm -hmm. People who create, in other words, apparatus or apparatus that are designed to manipulate people and keep people separate. Hmm. Uh, industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about uh, uh, in that in that same passage uh, 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 th- those who sow or plant discord mm-hmm. among the brother. And and you know if if you, if you look at if you look at Proverbs six, it literally is an expose of of the fact that God hates anything among people where people are defrauding one mm-hmm, another. Mm-hmm. So that that tells us that God not only is pro unity, yes. but he hates division. Yes. He hates division. Uh, you know, while, while we have a loving God, uh but he hates it when we do when we when we set up uh, so so thus he hates rac- racism, he hates policies, he the things that go against uh, oppressive, uh and oppressed people. Uh, he he mm-hmm. hates any 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 kind of um, uh, uh, uh... Procedure that works against the Bible talks about it, but I believe Psalm one twenty seven: A house divided against itself
3: mm-hmm.
2: cannot stand.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It cannot stand. Yeah. We've got so we, we, we've got to come up with ways in the body of Christ. While God is telling us what He hates, He's also giving us a solution <laughs> in the same Bible, yep. often in the same uh, passage, uh, 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 Proverbs. Uh, 18 it says he that would would find a friend mm-hmm. must first show himself as friendly. Mm-hmm. So, and this is going to ruffle some feathers, but it's the truth. We know racism is a harsh evil reality. Mm. We know that 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 prejudice a harsh is a harsh uh, evil reality. But it cannot be healed by angry people. Yep. If any person that says they want to heal racial divides and bring people together cannot, you cannot draw people from the other side of the social aisle angry, angry with them. There
0: you go. There you you go. This uh, really reminds me that uh, we we really need to come back to the issue of being made in the image of God. If we are all made in God's image, Mm -hmm. then the true uh, distinctiveness is within us, not outside of us. And of course, that's what we've been saying all along. And the emphasis that you bring out of uh, Proverbs 6 is certainly uh, tremendously important. We need to take a break. Uh, we're going to be coming right back to talk about the, some of these things again. We'll take one song and a commercial. And we'll be right back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. Uh, we are really pleased to be with you today. Once again, uh, just introducing Dr. Clyde Posley to the audience as co-host of this program. Uh, we're grateful uh, for his presence here. And we're going to be having a couple guests uh, come in here in the second hour. Uh, Chris Davis is coming in from the Bridge Leadership Foundation. And he's bringing in an administration person from HSE, that's Hamilton Southeastern Schools. And uh, we're looking forward to their presence here with us. We're continuing our conversation in the first hour of this show, however, on the issue of unity and uh, how should we uh, impact these, uh, these conversations across ethnic lines in our culture. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this, uh, Clyde. What do you... Where do you want to take this uh, direction here uh, from this point forward in our discussion?
2: Well, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how how the um, Christian Church is responding to racial concerns in our day. Okay. Um, you know, we, we uh, one thing we cannot do is throw our heads in the sand mm. and act like uh, it's just going to be okay. Let's get together this thing. You know, Kumbaya. You know, one of our <laughs> guests was on here uh, last week, Pastor Shelmer Rafford. He mentioned that sometimes there are times that mm-hmm. that uh, congregations of different ethnicities come together and it seems strained, mm. and uh, that that's not good. Uh, we've got to learn uh, first of all that God wants us together, mm. and that race is race, uh, and there there are strained, historically strained and broken people mm-hmm. on, both mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on both sides, that ignorance um, mm-hmm. um, still abounds on both sides, and that hatred, deep-seated hatred, still abounds on both sides. And at the same time, there are some loving, kind mm-hmm. people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, was, I was in um, North Carolina, as you know, um, mm-hmm. for an extended amount of time, uh, also in Atlanta. And, uh, and and I want to say you know I was in North Carolina and you talk about treated by 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 white people
3: mm-hmm.
2: and extraordinary I mean people are just going out of my way it's almost 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 frightening mm. and what I mean by frightening is it's, it's like t- it, I guess I didn't just say it it's so different than what I'm used to experiencing from many Caucasians mm. in Indianapolis mm. you know in North Carolina Man, I, I was at restaurants. I was in in rural areas. I was in in, in uh, um, just around, and 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 it, it almost looked like the way it should be. Mm. That now, that there's racism everywhere. Sure, but but I was just treated so well. You know, you know, uh, and it was it wasn't like I was being just patronized. It would be, you know, and these people were you know. Generally doing things, you know, and I and, and I was like, man, if we could somehow <laughs> consistently make this our reality, mm-hmm. you know, um, but but so 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 the the loving kind people on both sides of the aisle, and there's hatred, mm-hmm. but we we've got to have these as, as we talk about we'll talk about a little bit later, courageous conversations
3: because
2: mm-hmm. race has done some things and and it's also and it's in, and then in the in the grand narrative and 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 this uh, post emancipation period there there is the impact of trying to reintegrate mm-hmm. there is you know how, how do you do that yes you know what what, what you know i know some uh some african americans who who say they would never be pa- pastored by a, a white pastor okay i know some uh 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 White individuals who say, "You know, I'm I'm ready. I don't think I could go to a black church." Mm. You know, we we, we these are the type of things. Cause children don't generally think that way.
0: Yes, right. There's a crossover that you takes know? place. Yeah. yeah, that that takes place when little people are young and they don't have these kinds of divides and already.
2: Teaches them this foolishness.
0: Yes, yeah. and, and and it doesn't mean that they're they don't need Jesus and they don't need right. to be saved and all of that. That's not what we're saying. What right. what we're saying is that sometimes culture does indeed. Uh, kind of impinge upon us, kind right. of uh, lay its load on us in that sense of things. But as you, as you well suggest, there are good people everywhere, everywhere. That, are, that want to everywhere. do good things. Everywhere. And, of course, this is the whole point of the show, Titus 3, do good, do good, do good. So what we're finding in uh, Atlanta or North Carolina in your trips, what I'm finding in the slave narrative of Harriet Jacobs is that there are good people on both sides of this divide Absolutely. that are, you know what, and we're not going to do it right all the time we're not going to use all the right words all the time we're not going to make all the right gestures all the time but there is an emphasis that takes place between human beings mm-hmm. when we see each other eye to eye face to face and especially as believers in Jesus that this kind of uh, symbiotic relationship takes place that doesn't take place in other ways and in another senses and we're so glad for it and right. celebrate it when we see it
2: we've got well one of the things i think that that can be repro- should be reproduced is is trying and i don't believe that you know because i don't see color you know and i hear people i know what they mean mm-hmm. you know but we've got to see souls yeah we've got to see people who need christ
3: mm-hmm.
2: we, we cannot I'm, I'm sitting across from you right now i i, I you know, obviously you know i see you as a white brother you see me as a black brother with christians mm-hmm. but i'm really not in this studio Seeing you as some guy, I need to defend myself from. <laughs> you know, I'm, and, right. and that's that's part of the the pro- and, and some of that, some of that mark. Um, and and I want I want I hope. Uh, let me explain this. Sure. Part of that is how I see myself. Okay. I think part of healing racial diversity has a lot to do with people learning to take their focus off uh, what they are intimidated about relative to the other person, mm. uh, and part of. Part of what can help that is for me to come in confident. Mm-hmm. Me to I I'm 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 I'm, I'm happy who, with who God has made me. Sure. I'm 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 confident within myself in terms of uh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. If if I'm convinced about Psalm one thirty nine, seriously, if I'm really consi- uh, uh, right. serious about that, then I don't come into a setting worried about what you can take from me
3: mm-hmm.
2: or fearful of 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 those notions. And you had that same thing. The the first thing I noticed about you, this and, and God knows this is the honest to God truth. When you were on the panel that Saturday evening, mm-hmm. the first thing I noticed, uh, and I leaned over and told my wife, I said, uh, man, he speaks like one that has authority. That's how mm-hmm. a man of God's is supposed to stand up. Mm-hmm. And you stood up and you grabbed <laughs> you grab <laughs> you, <grabbed, laughs> you you grabbed the front of your jacket and stood up and, and begin to talk about your witness, and begin mm-hmm. to talk about what what God is doing, and and, mm-hmm. and how God wants to do this. No matter what our emotions are about it, yep. the Scripture says. Yep. I leaned over and said, "Hey, what's his name
3: again?" <laughs> you know,
2: and so and then we talked afterward. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but what that has to do with what I'm mm-hmm. speaking about is you when you come to the table, mm-hmm. confident in who God. Mm-hmm. Not who you've made yourself. Mm-hmm. Not We're not in this room talking about our credentials, and most people will, if they listen to the show, they will discover we talk very little about our credentials. Yep, because it's not the show is about our ultimate credentials. That's right. The scriptures. We trust the scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, we, a lot. Of, I think one of the essential things is people need to come in feeling that they are equal and not less than other people, and that can get us to the table. Yes. So we can talk. At the at the same level, and 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 and, and that's that's hard to, that's hard to do it, because it is people bring that to the table that I think I'm better than you are, right and learn to mask it.
0: You're right. So let's let's kind of segue into uh, what we're going to be talking about in the second hour and talk a little bit about how do we how do we encourage this next generation mm-hmm. to do what you and I are doing, mm-hmm. uh, to do what other good folk are doing uh, in that in the sense that we're just coming together. We're saying you know we're going to do this together. And we think that's really powerful and important. It's a, it it's a witness to Indianapolis. Right. It's a witness to the world. Whoever's right. listening out there, uh, this is an important. So, how do we how do we help the next generation? You and I. How do we do that process so that they follow in the footsteps as we follow the footsteps of Jesus?
2: Well, one of the uh, essential things, in my view, is, is, is how you've started things. Reaching out.
3: Hmm.
2: Re- re- reaching out. You know, re- 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 reaching out. We. You know, I, I, I don't know. If, I know you're a Christian. I know you, the Holy Spirit has led you. I know you've, you've talked in, in, in grand terms of your mom and her influence mm-hmm. on you. But but that's that's a part of your nature. Mm-hmm. And, and, and getting to know you, I know that. Look, I'm going. I don't care what restaurant we're in, what the makeup of the restaurant is, mm-hmm. or who the people are around. I'm going to reach out. That's that's mm-hmm. a part of. And um, and and I feel that same way. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to to open up to people. Yeah. I love you. I don't care about you, you know, you're on the sidewalk or you, you know, or or if a person is gay. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I've been in spots. I've always been Dr. Clyde Posley. Mm. And somebody, someone needed to reach out to me. We've got to reach.
3: Mm.
2: We've, we've got to care. I mean, you know, Peter, if, if Peter and John, uh, uh, you know, had not reached to this homeless man, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have gotten saved. Mm. If, if Christ had not, Christ said, I must go
3: mm-hmm.
0: through Samaria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that stands out as I hear you talk about these things, about this uh, word that we've, we, we've used quite a bit in our culture, which is the word for privilege. Mm-hmm. And when I think about privilege, I'm going to go all the way back to First Testament teaching in books like Leviticus and Deuteronomy and say that, that privilege is based upon a covenant and that this, we've been given the privilege That's of true. this the scriptures. We've been given the privilege of salvation. And now my responsibility is I don't care who you are. If you want to self-identify mm-hmm. as whatever, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You are a fellow human being. You are made in God's image, even though you may not submit to that particular claim. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Our, our responsibility, my responsibility is to sit with you, to smile at you, put right. my arm around you, right. to embrace. care about you, that's yes. Right. And because of the privilege that's been given to me because As of a Jesus' part of my
2: participation in the, the covenant. That's right. You know, there's a thing that in terms of the impact and relative to race that, mm. that, that where the church is failing. We have, we have to do better. We have to do better. Well, I, and I want the audience to to, to really, to really try to embrace this phrase. We have to have better condition stewardship. Mm. We have to have better social condition. Stewardship. Uh uh if we really want to express agape love, which is what people of grace and this grace covenant must mm-hmm. do, we our job is to mm-hmm. go and love people in conditions.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That we people who we find are in whatever condition, whatever they're, condition they're in. They're yep. in. Yep. And and you cannot love unconditionally mm-hmm. if you have poor. Conditional stewardship, a condition stewardship. Mm. We see people's condition, and we instantly have something negative. Often we have something negative to say about it. So it's a it's a piece of gossip. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's 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 something to gaze and gawk about. But the truth of the matter is, Mark, the, every every condition that the Lord allows a Christian to be exposed to is an assignment. Mm-hmm. It may be a grand assignment. Mm-hmm. But you cannot come upon a condition, an emotional condition, a spiritual condition, a financial condition, and do nothing. You, it, the, the Something you may do may just be pray. Maybe all mm-hmm. you're able to do. Mm-hmm. You may see a psychological condition that a person is in, and you don't have any psychology background. No, any, you don't have any psychology training. You can't counsel them, mm-hmm. but you can always pray.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you may run up on a situation financially. You can't meet the whole need. But you can meet some of that need. Mm-hmm. Or a person needs a car. You can't buy them a car. You can give them a ride. Mm-hmm. You can give them give them the money to get get a bus pass. Mm-hmm. But we run up a we have to have learned. We have the body of Christ, if we're gonna really use scripture and really be the church and have programs and ministries that deal with the conditions we run upon in this age of grace.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because we know that in this in this covenant, mm-hmm. our job as believers is to give love to people who do not deserve it, which is designed to empower them Mm -hmm. to accomplish kingdom work. Would you
0: say then that the problem that we're facing in a sociological perspective is that we are allowing the conditions to mandate how we treat people, that we're allowing the external conditions to say this is the way we need to treat people instead of the internal change that needs to take place?
2: That's one. That's one too. Uh, 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 Mark. Another one is I think that people will treat the conditions of people, other people, they'll deal with the otherness of people mm-hmm. based on the condition of their heart when they approach that person. Mm. So if it's not within me, so if it's not within me to um, to be compassionate, if I have no empathy, and if I am ignorant to. What my des to how to carry out my desires. In other words, I might have compassion, I might have empathy, but I don't know scripture, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what God what I'm supposed to do when I approach someone in a condition. Then I'm not going to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But 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 I only bring me to the table, Mm -hmm. and whatever condition I'm in when I see your condition is the best your condition can hope for. There, there it is. So I've got to be prepared. That's right. If I'm not prepared, your condition is going to stay the way it is because I
0: Mm -hmm. can't. You can't meet that condition. Yeah, we're grateful to hear these words this morning from Clyde Posley, uh, pastor of Antioch Baptist Church here in Indianapolis. And I'm Mark Eckel and we we are together uh, doing this thing on uh, behalf of the Comenius Institute. Uh, we emphasize uh, our work at uh, with students at IUPUI. I'm actually meeting with students this afternoon after sh- after the show, going to my class on Civil War literature and culture, which is going to be great again. And one of our guests has just come in the studio, and we're going to be getting to those folks here in the second hour. We're going to take a two-song break, and then you're going to hear a commercial. And we'll be back after this. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are back, Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next, uh, TV at the Cool Groove site. We're really happy to be with you all today. Wherever you might be, whether you're in Indianapolis or around the world, we have actually listeners in places like Asia, which is really a fascination, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, we are here with Dr. Clyde Posley, and we are uh, co-hosting this particular show uh, but we have a couple of guests here this afternoon, this morning, that uh, we're going to be talking about the issue of courageous conversations, bridging racial divides for next-gen leadership. And I'm really happy to uh, uh, have uh, our brother Chris Davis here, president of uh, the Bridge Leadership Foundation. Chris, thanks for being here today. And please welcome. Uh, welcome your guest with, impromptu as it may be. Right,
4: right, right. Well, first of all, thank you all so much for uh, inviting us and allowing us uh, an opportunity to uh, to tag team with you guys for uh, a few minutes this afternoon. Uh, as you know, obviously, I'm grateful to be here, Chris Davis with the Bridge Leadership Foundation. Uh, I'd like to introduce my colleague, my good friend, my brother, Reggie Simmons, uh, and I'll, I'll let him get a chance to share who he is and what he. Because I could go on, but I don't want to steal his thunder. So. <laughs> Yeah,
1: um, Reggie Simmons, uh, thank you again for for having me this morning. Uh, excited to be here. This was very impromptu, so I'm looking forward to the conversation and what's going to come from that. Uh, just a little background on me. I am an educator. I've been uh, a school administrator for the last 13 years, and I was a classroom teacher for approximately nine years. So I've got about 21 years of experience mm-hmm. under my belt in the public education arena so um, this is something that um, we we deal with um, pretty much on a on a regular basis and in, in different and different ways so I'm um, excited to be a part of this conversation glad to have you
0: mm-hmm. we're glad that you're here uh, we wanted to just give you an opportunity here this morning like we do with all of our guests to, to give us uh, your sense of this vision and mission that you have in and around Indianapolis I mean you, you guys are moving in so many different directions. Uh, So many great plans and efforts for the future. Uh, We're just going to let you have at it here and kind of just unpack some of the stuff that y'all are doing. Make sure to get all the stuff in that you want to say. We'll just kind of sit back and add our two cents from time to time. So, you know, jump in there, man.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, I'll just kind of jump in. And there's some... There's some overlap uh, in terms of a number of the things that we all are collectively doing, and so I'll just kind of chime in, and then we can kind of just uh, jump in uh, as as it fits. But you know, my name is Chris Davis with the Bridge Leadership Foundation. It's an organization that um, I started in 2011, um, and it was really a, a part of a vision that stemmed from an experience I had playing football at Indiana University. I had a, a great time there; it was a great experience, but. Um, as a young man who was, you know, searching for answers mm-hmm. um, as it relates to just what God wanted me to do with my life mm-hmm. and, you know, what I could do to make an impact. And then, you know, um, you know as a father, what I could do uh, to pour into the life of my son mm-hmm. and uh, a coach that blessed me and really set me on a different trajectory. Was uh, Anthony Thompson, uh, who most people who are familiar with any African history back. they know who he is, mm-hmm. right? So he was the running back coach at that time. But he's also a, a Christian, a man of God, mm-hmm. and uh, he discipled me. Uh, and the way that he Praise came, he Lord. went about that um, as an athlete at a Division One school uh, with all the trappings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Really changed my life. And um, what I wanted to do was to try to create that kind of space that kind of opportunity mm-hmm. for other people who are looking for the same type of guidance the same type of answers and a lot of times especially with college students is we don't even know the right questions to ask mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. of the people that we come in contact with the wisdom is there. It's like i don't even mm-hmm. know what to ask right, right? Mm-hmm. so um... that was so impactful and i said you know what there are some other young people who have this same need and so right. we created the organization in twenty eleven awesome. and um... It's been rolling ever since. I mean, we, we, it's evolved from its original kind of, um, you know, our in, initial launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were primarily mentoring and parent engagement at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has evolved to, uh, to include kind of an international cultural immersion component, mm-hmm. uh, which is growing like a wildfire. <laughs> what kind of
3: results
2: are you seeing from, uh, from
4: the program? Well, I mean, I tell you, it's we're you know it's it's uh, it's interesting that you say that because of the evolution and some of the dynamics, and I'll kind of toss the, the mic to Reggie because you know some of that is an offshoot. Okay. But we, I mean, we're just seeing change. We're seeing uh, individuals who are discovering their purpose, mm-hmm. right? Which is incredibly which is important. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. um, to know why I'm I'm here. Mm-hmm. Why was I born? Why was I born um, in this day and time? Right uh, to the parents that, you know, I was born my to in the city were. that I was born right. in, right? For Why sure. was I born here? Right. I mean, right. what are my gifts? What is my contribution to the world around me that is unique to me? Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. You know, everybody else has their thing. What is my thing that I can only do the way I can do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then to help kind of promote that and right. to, um, empower that and to encourage it and affirm it right and so right. we're seeing a lot of that and it's just growing and then because of the international dynamics you know our goal is to broaden students world view right mm-hmm. to understand the world globally about that earlier Mom. right because everything right. is global now That's right? right you know you can be on Facebook and it's global as right. as, mm-hmm. as you introduce this section of the show uh, you have listeners from across right. the world right that's, so, the,
2: that's the approach you have to take that's, it that's,
4: is. we live in uh
2: Martin Luther King said the world uh, the, the neighborhood because of technology has
4: now become the brotherhood <laughs> the world is the, the world. brotherhood mm-hmm. sure. so sure. yeah, yeah there it is. so so yeah so I mean we, we're, we're seeing I mean it's just it's just unbelievable and mm-hmm. I'll tell you um, and I'll toss this to uh, to Reggie. We we created um, a, a men's group um, because we obviously have a passion for men and then young men as well. So mm-hmm. fathers and dads right. and, and husbands, you know, to to empower. Uh, but we also saw, as most of us, uh, the great need as it relates to young men. You know, our mm-hmm. sons, you know, we're fathers of sons. He has daughters. I don't have boys. Uh, I don't know how that happened. But he did, you know, <laughs> God, God knew in his infinite wisdom what the, what the right way to go with that was. But, um, but, but, yeah, so maybe Reggie can kind of, you know, chime in on that. We, uh, mm-hmm. So the, org, the, the, uh, the men's group is called Lionheart. Um uh, and the things that God is doing with that is just mind blowing. It's just growing like leaps and bounds. Yeah. Uh as a matter of fact, and I'm a, I'm a just, you know, I'm gonna put Reggie on the spot because he we meet on Monday nights uh from seven to about like eight thirty, eight forty five. And uh we you know, Reggie uh, shared a message on Monday that was both encouraging uh and convicting mm-hmm. at the same time, right? Yeah. So I was encouraged and it was like ouch. You know, I got to see some areas that I need to kind of do, do some this, work into a church. Or? No, this is actually this just is a just group of men, evolved. various backgrounds, various churches. You just meet at various places. No, we meet at the same place. Okay, uh, but you know, so we can kind of centralize. So we kind of always various know what churches, you
2: diverse churches,
4: diverse yes. group. I mean, from a cultural standpoint, yeah. you know, in There's terms of our age. professions, that's, our that's age. Great. That's what. That's why you're on this show, my friend. Come on, now. <laughs> come on. Now. So, so I'm gonna Absolutely. throw this. I'm gonna throw this alley you to my boy Reggie. Yeah. Reggie, if you Let's want to. Ups Reggie has. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I
1: appreciate that. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's so much that um, I, I want to make sure that I'm concise about what I say because I want to make sure you capture the essence of, of what it is exactly that, that we do. So one of the things that we've been charged with, uh, with Lionheart is defining our purpose why do we exist as a men's group what are we here for and what we realize is that the benefit of our group is that we get to fellowship with one another we get to do life together but that's not necessarily our purpose our purpose goes beyond that to mentor other men and not only helping them discover their purpose discover their gifts and talents but even beyond that, to, to, to grow into a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that is becoming more of a central focus and point of, of, of interest for, for us and our group. Um, and that is coming through not only just the time that we spend together, but some practical hands-on uh, events and approaches that we're taking. For example, uh, having a men's retreat. Uh, that we had in the fall, just a blessing to be able to take, you know, my youngest son with me to participate in that and looking forward to the next upcoming event. Uh, We are also partnering with with churches and other organizations to put on events uh, throughout the city. Uh, Chris and I have recently talked about uh, getting involved with hosting a Breakfast for Dads Mm -hmm. that's going to be coming up very soon. So with that being said, we have, you know, A lot of opportunity. And so we're just putting ourselves in a position to be prepared Mm -hmm. to just dive in and go with what God has given us as a vision. You know, for me personally, um, I've always kind of. You know, done my own thing, been my own man, you know, didn't really rely upon a, a lot of different people or individuals for for support of, of any kind necessarily or even guidance at times. But this has been uh, a, an unexpected blessing in my life. You know, what's interesting about how this whole thing got started was that um, um, it was not necessarily intentional for us to connect. We, re- we literally went to a men's group meeting of all the leaders I was asked to step in to fill in for another brother who had relocated, he li- he now lives in California. Wanna give a uh, shout out uh, to, to John, uh, John Pittman. Pittman for his leadership and his role in that, um, uh, just real quick. And so that's how Chris and I met. Hmm. Then we decided, you know what, let's just have a meeting and let's just see where this thing goes. And the one thing that describes our group is organic. Uh, it is a very organic group. None of us came with any real expectation. We just said, you know, we have a heart for God. Let's just come together and see what happens. And I will tell you is that we actually put some action behind, you know, the time that we spend together. You know, one of the things I think is interesting is that, you know, as we, you know, we, we talked on Monday night about a win-win-win setup, right? whereas we minister to one another and we edify and we build ourselves up as a men's group we also bless other men and then in turn god gets the glory Absolutely. and then blesses us mm-hmm. so it just keeps going like that so it's mm-hmm. win 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 you know all the way around so i'm excited to be a part of uh be a part of this ministry be a part of this men's group so thankful to have connected with chris davis mm-hmm. And uh, just admire his leadership and his devotion to to, to God first and foremost, mm-hmm. and to his family and to his cause. So um, again, you know, just one, just just thankful to be a part of this. And you know, we have a lot to to share around. You know, what, what God is doing, but we definitely want to, you know, allow this conversation just to, to kind of grow, mm-hmm. develop naturally.
0: That's mm-hmm. a great thing, Clyde. This really sounds like you and me. You know, the <laughs> the organic connection you know, yeah, that was I'm,
2: made. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about that. You know, this. Both of you have emphasized the, the centerpiece mm-hmm. of, of what you're doing. Uh, obviously, it's God. It's mm-hmm. Christocentric, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 within that, though, is helping young men discover, and men, mm-hmm. discover their purpose. Yeah. I think there are so many, uh, both successes and ills, in the lives of men that, that, that's totally wrapped around. Their, their information or lack thereof of their purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, when you, the the key in my mind, you know, even even to coming to God, you you have to start to get a sense of what you were put here mm-hmm. for. Right. Yes, that, that that part of coming to Christ is understanding that that you you, you didn't just happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There, you you're not a result of a bang theory.
3: Mm-hmm. You,
2: you God intentionally mm-hmm. puts you mm-hmm. in this earth. Mm-hmm in America or where or, mm-hmm. or not or wherever mm-hmm. he made you a male mm-hmm. he put you with that particular father or 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 not mm-hmm. gave you that mother mm-hmm. or in if they maybe going on the glory mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. but but even your hurts and your shames and your embarrassments oh. mm-hmm. and 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 those things he allowed you maybe to be bullied. Mm-hmm. He allowed you to have maybe run a four or five in the forty or not. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case mm-hmm. All of it has been intentional. intentional. And so, and and part of, um, I'm just getting goosebumps at, the, at, the, at, the, at what you guys are saying, mm. because purpose is everything. Yes. When a person, when you discover not just who, but what you are, mm-hmm. when you discover what you are, you can walk in a room. And if you learn to trust God about what He's told you, mm-hmm. you don't have. To, we talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. You walk in a room, and and I am this, mm-hmm. and and if I'm not that, and you are that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I, I can the best I can do. What I know I can be good at <laughs> yes. is this is this <laughs> purpose. Come on, Doc. Yes. I is can you, do this. Yes, yeah. you know. come on. <laughs> You're heating up, Doc. Heating so, up. I, I'm, you guys are doing a great work, and Amen. and and the Thank win win God. win that you talked about. He expressed it yes. uh, just a second ago. he, Anthony Thompson, mm-hmm. who, who, you know, talked to this brother,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: he took what was mm-hmm. sown into him mm-hmm. and is now blessing. You are blessing people around the world sitting at this table mm-hmm. from the seed. Mm. That someone put in Anthony Thompson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Who put who put it in them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It. This, this sounds this is supposed to This
0: go. sounds vaguely like discipleship. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> like a biblical concept. Like yeah, how
1: about that? Who thought? <laughs> how
0: about yeah. that? We got to take a break. We're going to take a one song break, then a commercial. We'll be back uh, after that, and then we're going to go for a good thirty minutes just talking about the next segment here about courageous conversations and the work with young people, the next generation of young people. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. Warp and Woof Radio at at the Cool Groove site. And we are here with uh, our friends uh, who have come to talk to us about next generation leadership and the importance not only of men in Christian culture, but of young men. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to Chris Davis from the Bridge Leadership Foundation and Reggie Simmons, who is bringing his uh, emphasis from Lionheart. Uh, Gentlemen, we're really glad to have you here, and we're really interested in a couple of important discussions here. We're going to take this now for the next 28, 30 minutes thereabouts uh, to the end of the program, and we want you to kind of unpack for us some of what's going on uh, in two basic areas, in the areas of uh, courageous conversations, and then also we want to make sure to hit on this concept of microeducation, which is being birthed out of your efforts as well. So uh, take that in whatever direction you'd like to go.
4: Okay. Uh, well, let me first, uh, I want to kind of mention, uh, you know, that courageous conversations and a lot of what God is doing is collaborative, right? So um, it's kind of what, what we call, what you know, in the, the world of philanthropy, we call it collective <laughs> impact, right? So it's a number of um, organizations and individuals working toward a common goal. So uh there are a number of other individuals that I want to kind of give a shout out to and uh so first uh my good friend and partner who was not able to be here uh Reverend Jerry Davis yes, who was the pastor of uh Life Community Church. Uh is, is an incredible individual and I'll get into a little bit more of what he and I are doing collectively along with some other individuals. Um uh, also uh Comish Nunley who is mm-hmm. Uh, you know our mental health uh, guru, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know you you have to address uh, trauma when you're dealing with any uh, group of people, man, in, in order to kind of move this, move the ball downfield mm-hmm. uh, from a football uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's with uh, healing your hidden hurts. I love the way she named it. It's just, it's, it tells you everything it's going to be, right? We're trying to heal some stuff that you ain't told nobody about, right? I love that. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Jamal Smith with um, the Lead Change Project. Uh, he's a great uh, individual, uh, very passionate about this work as well, um, and he's, uh, he's doing some, some great work. Uh, also, a good friend, uh, John Porter. Uh John Porter uh from uh Greensburg and so he and some individuals from there and I'll kinda get into the birth of the courageous conversations uh my experience in Greensburg but that was uh it's a great friend of mine. Also uh Greg Strand with Straight Up Ministries uh here in Indianapolis who was formerly with uh I wanna call it City Mosaic. Mm-hmm. So he's doing some great work uh, you know, between secular and sacred as well. So mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of great individuals, along with uh, yourself, Doctor, the Doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark Echo, who uh, brings so much meat too, and then of course uh, the the, uh, the the very gifted and talented Reggie Simmons uh, and, and what he does, and, and we'll get a chance to kind of chime in for some things that the God is showing him about, uh, you know, some things that, that that he wants him to do with uh, in, the, in the area of life coaching. Uh, this, this guy is, is more gifted than he probably understands. So uh, we're going to give him a chance okay. to chime in. But I, I you know, kind of wanted to mention those individuals because they bring, uh... you know, pieces to the pie, mm-hmm. right? As we, as we, as we look at that thing, and so you know, to kind of lead into courageous conversations. Uh, I want to mention something from the last segment that we were t- kind of talking about as we look at uh, men, adult men, and the younger men in that component. One of the, the books that we uh, are reading um, this semester is, uh, is called Chase the Lion. Now, again, the group is called Lionheart, right? So that's Lionheart. That's our group. Uh, the younger guys, we have kind of their components called Braveheart, and so we're going to flesh that out. Uh, but what, in the book, Lion, I mean, uh, Chase the Lion uh, by Mark Batterson, Uh, One of the things that's in the book that we kind of have have as our our mantra uh, is what they call the Lion Chasers Manifesto. So I want to read that uh, because it's kind of the heartbeat of what we're doing now. And it reads like this. the Lion Chasers Manifesto. Quit living as if um, the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the main and don't let go. Hmm. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life burn sinful bridges blaze new trails live for the applause of nail scarred hands don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with god dare to fail dare to be different quit holding out quit holding back quit running away chase the lion
0: wow man that's this is some powerful stuff yeah and you're uh, introducing this to young men as Absolutely. well as to other other gentlemen um, yeah. in your old old age group, yeah. this is this is powerful stuff. Uh, Clyde, your your focus uh, as a pastor in all of this, um, and then we want to make sure to get to Reggie about this as well. Uh, how are you seeing this kind of connection uh, to what some the, the things that Chris is bringing forward here? You know, I have.
2: Um, I'm, I'm just sitting here in awe of what the Holy Spirit is doing with these with these two young men. I, I really am blessed by it. I, uh, I'm not gonna plug my book that's coming out in February about young black men yet. I'll let them have this segment. <laughs> but uh but but Mark Mark knows that this is dear to my heart. My dissertation is about African American men and, and the very things that you guys are talking about, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, in 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 my congregation, my, my my thrust, my sermons, I don't think I preach a sermon, I have preached a sermon in several years that did not specifically uh, have a component in it on intentionally mm. that deals specifically with the plight of disenfranchised men. Yes. Uh, what, my niche is disenfranchised African-American men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like we talked about uh, earlier, we have to walk in what God has designed us and cultured us, uh, educated us to, to walk in. And so uh, it's, it's just a blessing to see this uh, because there is, we, we live in, and God puts this sort of thing, what I was going to say. Uh, relative to my role in the city and, and why you're here. In a, in a place with the murder rate climbing like this one, yes. you have more revelation about why you need to be in this region. Right. right. God calls the best to the worst. We should always remember that. Yes, he, God calls the best of us in, in an area in terms of giftedness. To the work, you send firemen to a fire because they have the water. Wow <laughs> It's just as simple as that. Right. You guys have the water, right. You guys have the water. You guys are, are speaking to a generation, and and, and, when, you, and when you see I'm, I'm going to let you guys get back at it, but I've got to say this when you, when you see a murder rate like ours. There are fringes and nuances and evils that are result, that, that, that are going on, that are not murders. Those statistics don't often talk about the amount of assaults that happen where the people are now maimed. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the psyches yes. and the different uh, uh, mindsets that are behind the willingness to take a life. Right. Mm-hmm. What you guys are doing, because I don't care, I, I believe this. Nothing makes bad men good and good men better but the power of the Holy Ghost hey, from man, Jesus man. Christ. Here it is. Mm. Period. Mm-hmm. People don't. God doesn't change people. He makes them new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He makes them new. Mm-hmm. And often we want to fix people. Coming to know your purpose mm-hmm. gives you a newness. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Bible says if any man, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's not a changed creature.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's not a better creature. Mm-hmm. He's a new one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Purpose gives you a new sense of who you are. Mm -hmm. You guys are doing some tremendous stuff, man. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do that at my church. I don't mind confronting uh, men with the gospel. Mm
3: -hmm. I don't
2: mind being confronted with the gospel. If you want to talk to me about something that I've done wrong, you need to bring the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, okay. Okay. (laughs)
3: <laughs> because it's right. In, it's,
2: in, it's, in, it's in the Bible. You're right. You're right. I'm not interested in your opinion yeah. in terms of oh, I think you should. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. But what does what does this Because if God is with you, yeah. I, I got to listen to this. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing yeah. some tremendous work, man.
1: Mm. Any
2: any listeners mm. who are really serious about men, their children. Mm-hmm. They're young men, yeah. who mm-hmm. their daughter is marrying, yeah. who their daughter is dating, yeah. ought to be interested in what you guys are trying to accomplish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, uh, you, you're blessed. You are
4: gems. Mm-hmm. We're well, in the city. By I God. was gonna say, if I'm, if I may jump in here, because I mean, you, you got, you got my, my blood pumping, Doc. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm over here trying to stay in my skin. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the things that uh, you know, and Reggie alluded to it earlier, and again, I'm, a, I'm gonna be. Uh, a point guard here, and in a moment, I'm going to kind of throw him a dime, (laughs) an alley-oop. But, you know, it's called, I guess, the law, I believe it's the law of primary reference. So, um, you know, where the way that God did it the first time is the way that he wanted it to be, right? So, you know, as we know in Genesis, when God created Adam, right, one of the things that he that he did, even before Eve came on the scene, right, was he gave him a, a task to name things, to give things an identity. And he said, whatever you name it, right, that's what it's going to be. And so um, one of the things that we try to encourage and empower men with, especially from uh, just a perspective standpoint, is understanding our um, mandate to give identity to things. So the, what mm-hmm. we call it. Um, it matters, right? So the names that we name our children, they or matter, ourselves. or ourselves, right? right? Or you know, so if we, you know, our young ladies, if we call them princess, or our mm-hmm. sons, if we call them young kings, that's the what opposite. they, they, they or, or the opposite, right. right? So understanding that power, um, and so part of our um, the environment that we try to create with uh, Lionheart, and I'm gonna this is gonna blend right on into the courageous conversations piece, um, the, the environment, it, you know, what we have to realize is that men are human beings right they're not um they're not rocks they're not inanimate objects right mm-hmm. and just like you alluded to earlier um mm-hmm. uh, they um are emotional beings they have feelings and they get hurt and they get wounded and they get broken <coughs> right and so there's a lot of there's it. yeah exactly and, and so we carry it differently yeah, yeah. um and not to get into the, you know, the the workings of the brain but the way that men when we express em- intense emotion is usually physical Right? And when women, when they express intense emotion, it's usually... Communication, right. and that's that. Some of that's the, how the brain works yes, in terms of yeah, yes, it, it literally is that way. So right. when we are intensely e- emotive, right, we do less talking and mo- more function, more acting, right. And then women, when they're intensely emotive, right, they do a whole lot more talking, right. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of funny because yeah, you see that right. that issue is you know when I'm you know kind of highly you know I'm highly agitated and you're highly ad- agitated, you want to talk, and I I don't want to talk. Right. I'm, I'm less communicative. So you, the thing you're trying to pull out of me is what I am less apt to do, but that's a different, that I'm, I'm, I'm diverting. But what we try to do with Lionhearts create a space for men to talk, but the space is safe right. to be vulnerable because our greatest challenge is having a safe space to take off our armor. That's
2: right. Right. And most men have never really had that space. Exactly.
4: And then, that okay, then true. what do you do? Right. Once we take off the armor and we're vulnerable and you see how I'm bleeding to death. Right. Right? I can't show anybody else these wounds because you have to be strong because society says suck it up and walk it off. You know, We applaud the warriors. Well, I'm a warrior, but I'm still bleeding to death, right? Mm-hmm. I've come out of the battle. I'm still alive, but I've been wounded. And if I don't tend to the wounds, then I either bleed to death or it gets infected. And we know infection, when it gets into your, all the other areas of your system, it kills you. Right? Right. So when we that's start talking start. about that from, from an overall uh, perspective, that's kind of what we're doing. This is, in a way, it's like triage. Right for it is, men it is and exactly boys. That. I agree. You know what I'm saying. So to the boys. When 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 we start looking at the way that they are operating from an educational standpoint or in the neighborhoods, they're literally screaming uh, for someone to help them manage the wounds and help them answer some of the questions. Like I don't even know how to do this. Right. So it, you know, for if we ask a woman to um, to make a souffle. But we never tell you how to do it, how long to put it in the oven, what ingredients it includes. But we expect you, you know, to produce the product. Well, that would be unfair, right? Right. So if we tell a young boy, be a man. That's right. But we don't tell you how. We don't tell you what. (laughs) We don't tell you how long. Yeah. We don't give you any parameters. We say, when you are one. Or when you are one. Yeah. And then what happens is if you're not what we think that is, then we condemn you. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when you get condemnation from these various levels, these various perspectives, then what do you do? You give up. You're hopeless. And in hopeless people, they operate in some of the ways that we see. Right? And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to come in and be... Um, we're trying to come in and in some ways be proactive, right, and to say, listen, I know you're hearing a lot of these things in this educational environments and, and in, you know, these other environments that you're this and you're that and you these responses to the ways that you're behaving. We understand you're just crying out for help. You're asking somebody help me. I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do. I need somebody to show me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but we have generations of that. So that's why it's not only young boys. It's also men. Correct." Right? It's yeah. also men. We needed it, right? Yeah. And so we have to come in because here's the thing. Obviously, there's a trickle down because these men are married, right? So they right. have wives and they have right. children. So when, same question I was asking when right. I, I was like, Anthony Thompson, right. bro, you don't understand why I needed that because I didn't know. I just, I knew you hold the door, you pull out the chair, right. you, you know, you, you get her some chocolate and some flowers on Valentine's Day. But beyond that. At least that's what they told me. That's what they told me, <laughs> right. right? right. I I didn't really have any answers, but I didn't want my desire for my son to be a good catch, to be a, a, a man. I had to figure out kind of what that was. And we don't we're not right. perfect, just like women aren't perfect, right? That's we right. make mistakes. We grow along the way. Like the sanctification process is a process. That's right. Right? That's of being right. sanctified over time. That's right. Right. So That's I am right. becoming more of the man that God That's wanted right. me to be yes, as sir. I move along That's the right. process. I'm on a schedule Yeah, That's so right. so I'm saying that to say I'm all leading the, the courageous conversations, but I want to kind of throw this alley-oop you to Reggie, mm-hmm. uh, because we were actually having a conversation about this as it relates to you know academic environments, because he's an administrator, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in the schools and he's why courageous conversations Are so very necessary mm. Yeah
1: um, Thank you Chris for yeah. that I, I appreciate it And I appreciate everything that's being said uh, One of the things I want to point out though As we uh, reviewed or went over the, the, the manifesto From the book that we're reading um, <clears throat> One of the things that's important to, to pull out of that manifesto Was that the whole concept Of chasing a lion is counterintuitive mm. It's, it's going into a territory that will make you uncomfortable, afraid, anxious, apprehensive, uh, tentative, and all those feelings that come along with it. And as we talk about courageous conversations, mm-hmm. it's very much the same, mm-hmm. very much the same. It's, it's entering into territory that makes people uncomfortable, right, right. tentative, anxious, they have trepidation about, you know, the outcome. And so uh, what I would like to share is just kind of some thoughts that I shared with uh, Chris around the, the, this topic. Um, <clears throat> I kind of have it already gathered up, so just bear with me as I just kind of read through some of my comments that I shared with him uh, earlier today. Uh, so from my perspective, one of the issues as we talk about courageous conversations is the historical is directly related to historical context. Many young people today are so far removed and or disconnected from the civil rights movement and its impact on the world we live in. From affirmative action to our first African-American president, they don't understand the significance and the value this holds. They take for granted that these circumstances or events help to foster a hope and belief that we are free at last. However, the reality is that we are not free. When we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., he is seen as a historical figure, not a man who went to jail, led marches, and ultimately gave his life for this cause. Understanding this historical context is so important because this generation sees freedom as a gift they inherited without understanding the sacrifice that was paid as our generation sees it. Uh, the other issue that I've become aware of is the complacency that, quite honestly, everyone has. Blacks, whites, Asians, Hispanics, and others uh, towards race relations. In particular, how we treat one another with regard to derogatory language, implicit bias, and just a general attitude of disrespect. Uh, in my experience, this attitude is common among conservative white families uh, that I have I've seen. And others. This is problematic because if we don't see it as a problem, then no one feels the need to address it. You know, if it ain't broke, mm-hmm. don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm reminded of something that one of our pastors shared one time, and it's stuck with me and it resonated with me. He said complacency is the enemy of change. Mm. That's right. Mm. And until we agree to acknowledge this issue, we might win some battles, but we're going to lose the war. Uh, and then uh, one of the last thoughts I'll, I'll share with you is that, you know, the derogatory language has become marginalized in our society to a large degree, in particular using the N-word. Everybody is using it. And honestly, we have become so desensitized that people of all races and backgrounds aren't even shocked when they hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as it relates to black and white youth, the context has changed so much that it probably should be redefined in the dictionary for the youth of this generation. Uh, sadly, we as African Americans are responsible for the perpetuation of this word and its use. And we have to own that. Um, as a people, we aren't even consistent in our attitude and beliefs about the use of the word. And so it's no wonder other races are confused when we get upset over it. Mm-hmm. So we have to do our part and do our due diligence. You know, I have had many conversations around uh, this topic with colleagues, and just to just so that you understand, you know, I work in a predominantly white <coughs> culture, and most of my colleagues are white. In fact, I'm the first African-American male hired to the school district that I work in, and I'm the only African-American male administrator amongst, you know, our, our secondary uh, administrators. uh in our school district. So with that being being said, I have been able to uh have some courageous conversations around around this issue and what I find most interesting is, is that there still is this disbelief that it still exists. Mm-hmm. There's this mindset that we don't have an issue It's 20 racial generation yes Mm -hmm. and that that's the thing that just that just blows me away so uh, my assistant actually showed me uh, a video of Ronald Reagan's speech when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. uh, became a national when we recognized him as a national holiday Holiday. Mm -hmm. and it's the, the, the 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 when when Ronald Reagan gave this speech whether it was sincere or not he delivered it extremely well and one of the things that he pointed out what was that we should be upset when we see injustice and not only be upset because what we have to understand is this inaction is an action
3: mm-hmm. that's right
1: it's a decision it is a decision that's right to sit back and to say and do nothing speaks louder sometimes than saying something mm-hmm. right yeah and that's what we have that's to right. remember it's one
0: of the reasons why you know, we do what we're doing right here, right now, Yes, sir. that we have brought uh, together a very diverse group of uh, men to speak to these very issues. And that's uh, the power of a statement like this. When you see pictures on social media of men from different ethnicities all coming together and yeah. saying, "This is, we agree to this, we want to make sure to move this thing forward, this is huge. And your point specifically, Reggie, Mm -hmm. about the apathy and complacency, man, this is coming right out of Deuteronomy 8. God says, if you don't remember that these are the things I've done for you, you will become apathetic and complacent. And this is the problem for the next generation. And so now we're invested in this next generation. That's what we Mm -hmm. want to emphasize. And Mm -hmm. what other words do you want to bring forward? We've got about five minutes left here. What other words do you want to bring forward about the uh, courageous conversation as it relates to... Uh, generating this and giving Ling Foundation for the next generation.
4: Right, and I'm I'm so glad you asked that question. It's so interesting, and I'll kind of piggyback a little bit off of uh, Red, Reggie. What Reggie said, you know, I kind of grew up in um, uh, a household where uh, this actually was a heartbeat before I even knew that's what it was. Like, you know, so I have to kind of give a, a shout out to to my parents. My mother uh, actually was uh, a police officer for a number of years during my youth. Um, she was. At the time, the first African American uh, female homicide detective right and so from here from from Indianapolis right. right and so a lot of what she shared with me behind the scenes about her experience right uh, were very interesting, but it pressed the issue of the need for courageous conversations mm-hmm. and so um, you know I was invited by as I mentioned earlier John Porter uh, to Greensburg to speak at an event uh, I think it was called the Chattaqua I, I, I believe at uh, Greensburg High School. And I kind of closed it out, so I was the anchor man, right, which was interesting because I yeah, actually ran track um, when was, I was in college, high school. Anyway, long story short, um, it was called Faces of Discrimination. So they had a number of individuals, uh, Japanese internment camp, you know, survivor, uh, you know, the family of a, homo- a Holocaust survivor. Um, they actually even had the mother of the young lady who was killed uh, in the, um, the Charlottesville uh uh, piece, uh, so it was diverse from that standpoint. Um, but what I, I had an opportunity to be a part of was really kind of what started to give birth to this this need for courageous conversations. And some of the conversations I had with some of the students of a predominantly, are yeah, I think it was pretty much one hundred percent Caucasian uh, school, right? Um, so some of the conversations I had with the students gave rise to the need for this with the young population. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with, with uh, Reverend Jerry Davis of Life Community, he and I are part of a, uh, you know uh, an initiative we call Extremes, mm-hmm. we're calling Streams. we developing this and say, hey man, and, and the Courageous Conversations is actually a part of the missional dynamic of his church. You mm-hmm. know? So Courageous Conversations and then community transformation is a part of their heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh wow, I just had this event Uh, That I was a part of, and he was sharing that with me. I said, Oh my goodness, I think this is something we need to do, right? We need to start paying Mm -hmm. attention to this. So we wanted to bring together students from Greensburg and Indianapolis of of diverse you know ethnic uh, and cultural backgrounds to have courageous conversations and so right. what we want to do is create a space mm-hmm. a safe space which is the reason why commission mm-hmm. Nunley, for instance with healing your hidden hurts is a part of uh... this conversation so we can have mental health and social work uh, mm-hmm. backgrounds in the in the in the room so we can guide it mm-hmm. in a healthy way Correct. but to create a safe space so that young people could have the conversation to could say hey this is what i thought uh, or what I grew up believing about your particular culture or your particular racial background. Mm-hmm. And then they could have that dialogue back and forth so we could dispel the myths, answer some of the questions. Change the narrative and create leaders that will go back into their spheres of influence and impact it in a way that will kind of have ripple effects, right? right. And so that's kind of generally the heartbeat of courageous conversations, and one of the reasons why we wanted to do this and kind of engineer it and facilitate it. Yeah,
1: Um, I'll just add real real quick um, you know, as we are uh, ministering uh, to men and to young men in particular, you know. That part of that piece is to get them to a, a, a good place. You know, to your point, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Posler, about um, uh, creating in, in these men a sense of purpose and mm-hmm. being, and then uh, coming alongside and partnering with Chris as I endeavor into life coaching. That piece is to give them the game plan. It's it's just like what it sounds. The coach designs the plays and then executes those plays. So that's the whole piece uh, there, and that's what we intend to do. And so, I'll, I'll, I'll my last comment. I'll just leave you with this. This is something that um, we I've, I've shared and uh, you know continue to share from um, um uh, with our group. And that's a quote that's kind of just been resonating with me. And this is kind of what, what what we're living by. You know, the meaning of life is to discover your gift, but the purpose of life is to give it away. Oh, my word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That
0: sounds like uh, it might be even <laughs> biblical. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, say that
1: one more time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The meaning of life is to discover your gift, but the purpose is to give it away. Give it away. Yeah. It
0: sounds vaguely like Jesus, you know? Like, absolutely. Uh, like something he might say, you know? Absolutely. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. This, is a, this is a powerful idea. I wanted to give you one more shot here, Chris. We've got just a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm to talk about just the process, uh, if you can, in 30 to 60 seconds, the process of what you see happening with courageous conversations between these two communities, between these two groups, black and white, uh, rural and city, and tell us what we're going to be doing uh, in that process.
4: Right, so um, again, it's not just a conversation, so there is um, some structure to it. You know, we wanna be meaningful, intentional about how we navigate these conversations so that we arrive at a place where we can make our next steps actionable, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a curriculum being developed by a very brilliant individual, uh, and I believe uh, his name is Dr. Mark Echo. Um, but he's a part of a group of of some very very uh, uh, gifted individuals, and we're crafting this curriculum so that we can systematically walk them through mm-hmm. to a particular place, so that we can make them actionable, mm-hmm. and then. And then part of our relationship with the area schools is so that we can, when these students go back, that we can help engineer that. And then part of you know the other piece, and we didn't get a chance to get into the micro learning uh, centers, mm-hmm. but those are going to be distributed all across the city. That's the vision, so that when we have courageous conversations, we take one group, we walk them through the curriculum, and then we seed them back into their schools, and then we bring another class, another group through, mm-hmm. and then we continue to seed right. And from the ground up inside, we grow what we believe will be a more healthy uh, and substantive narrative that will lead students in the direction yeah, we believe they should be. go. Yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Clyde, uh, tell us in the last uh, couple
0: of minutes here before I close it, close us out uh, about your response just to today uh, to these young men to um, the future that uh, we're
2: going to have together on this radio show. Yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited to 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 have these. Uh, these young men here with us today—they, uh, they, are an example of the power of God, uh, and God reproducing His power uh, through it to a whole other generation. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what they're doing. Um, you know, one major component to true education is to teach young men their, con- their connectivity to their world. And uh, as, as uh, Brother Simmons just said here. That there is no way to educate a young man without showing his showing him his place in a culture that has been talking to him before he could understand learning and so uh just just his his quotes and 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 his references he, he he mentioned a principle of martin luther king and and that is the way that evil uh continues to be a purveyor is that good men do nothing That's right. and so. Uh, it's 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 just awesome. I want to say this very quick and I'm going to move forward. Uh, I think the the greatest, the most disrespected civil rights leader of history is Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King. There's a book written by uh, Washington I think it's published in 1992. It's a testament of hope, and it chronicles all of the major writings of Dr. Martin Luther mm-hmm. King in about an 800 page book. Mm-hmm. And we remember on Dr. Martin, on on Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday you hear ringing constantly that I have a dream speech. Mm-hmm. It's an insult to the legacy of a prolific, mm-hmm. profound mm-hmm. author, orator. Mm-hmm. Letters from a Birmingham jail. Mm-hmm. Book Where Do We Go From Here. Strength, mm-hmm. strength to Love. Mm-hmm. Nobel Peace Prize um, uh, speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a Knock at Midnight, the, the, the sermon. Uh, uh, the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. You, all of these things, and yet, and yet the safest speech, the safest speech, Not the Vietnam War and how he was against killing. Mm. Uh, So it's such a disrespect to him. So these these are pieces of education that need to happen for both cultures. Mm.